Please stand and join me in the call to worship. Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. Make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the Please join me as we sing our praises to God together. We gather for worship today. We invite you to take a moment and share a word of greeting. Perhaps introduce yourself to someone sitting around you here in worship today.
This, uh, this morning, things are a little bit different than our normal schedule, our normal uh, activities. First of all, it's really hot in here, and that hasn't been normal over the past few months, uh, but we'll, we'll deal with that. And uh, this is also Youth Sunday. Uh, this is a day when uh, we, we think about all the ways in which we, we nurture the faith to create a Christian memory in our children and our youth, and today we get to see some of the evidences of that. As they, uh, as they serve us, as they lead us in worship, and as they share the word of God with us today. And it's exciting to, uh, to see uh, what can happen in a church when we together, all of us making our little parts of it, uh, influencing the lives of our children and youth, and we get to see some of the benefits of that. And I know you will be uh, pleased and uh, pray, give glory to God for what uh, he's doing and what we see today. Uh, this is uh, also uh, an opportunity uh, for you for some service. Uh, this is uh, next week. General Conference starts uh, next Saturday. And uh, this is a four, every four-year event of uh, Wesleyans from all over the world who will gather for this uh, conference that will go on through the middle of the next week. And uh, this is uh, it's happening in Buffalo this year, so it's close to us. You're welcome to attend any or all the sessions. You just need to... Register, which you can do through Wesleyan.org website, or uh, you can, if you have trouble with that, contact the office, we'll help you. But it's at the Hyatt Regency in Buffalo, you're welcome to be a part of that. They're also looking for some folks who might help in the hosting process, because it's in our district, uh, we are hosting this event in essence, and so we're looking for people who will be greeters for the delegates as they arrive at their various hotels next Saturday. If, you, if that's something you sounds interesting to you and you'd like to be a part of that, let us know uh, as soon as possible and then contact the church office and we'll get you connected to folks who, uh, who will then train you and help you with that, uh, that task. This is also a, a time when uh, Global Partners, which is the mission arm of the Western Church, uh, is gathering for a conference this week here at Houghton College they have brought in all, every missionary as part of Global Partners all together and will be here on the campus. Uh, many of them were in worship the earlier service. Some are here now. And uh, this will be a, an event for them to some time of fellowship together, some connecting with each other, as well as uh, hopefully a little bit of relaxation and some focused vision and uh, thinking about ministry together as an organization. And we are excited to be here and to be a part of helping. One of the ways we're doing that is taking care of some of the little children so the parents have the, the opportunity to just engage themselves in each of the sessions. We're also pleased to welcome uh, Dr. Dennis Jackson, who is the Executive Director of Global Partners. And uh, he's going to share just a little bit about uh, this event and some other things through Global Partners uh, that are happening not just this week, but beyond as well. Thanks so much, Pastor. Thank you. It is a great joy to be here this morning and to be right here in Houghton, New York. You guys are sort of like one of our highlight churches, sort of Hall of Fame kind of churches. And I was looking at your Global uh, Partners Dream Team. I thought that was so awesome what you're doing, even sending out Kevin and Cindy Austin. Now, I know you didn't really want them to be missionaries. It was the only way to get rid of them. But, you know, I, I, I just uh, so grateful for your support for them. We're so grateful to have them headed back to a field where they speak the language, where they bring the level of spiritual formation, spiritual maturity to the field. And then you've got other people. Uh, Dr. Romy was in, actually in the first service here today, and uh, everybody that's in this brochure will be here this week. And we're just so grateful for your help. I, when I was thinking about this church, I thought of Colossians chapter 1, where Paul says, every time I pray for you, 
I do it with thanks because of your partnership in the gospel. And then he says, all over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit. And you're a big part of that. And it first developed in you the grace and the love of Christ through Epaphras. And I thought, well, who's Epaphras? Well, Epaphras was a missionary to the church in Colossae. He was the one that brought the gospel to them. And, and you know what? It just Every time I experience a church that's sending out people like you are, my heart's filled with joy. And our prayers and our thanks are for you. Thank you for helping out with the children this week because it really does free the parents. Most of the places where they serve around the world, there isn't Sunday school, there isn't nursery care, and uh, you as a body are picking up those zero to fours or at least one day to four, right? Not any new births that we're having this week. Uh, but caring for those children, freeing those parents to be able to engage in the inspiration, the fellowship, the deep connection, the mission alignment that we're doing this week. And again, we're so grateful. I want to encourage in your faith promise. Uh, some of you are regular faith promise. I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but you've been doing this for 100 years already. You get the whole thing. Some of you maybe have never done it, and you think, well, that's for somebody else. Some of you are saying, well, we're on a fixed income. We can't really trust God for anything else. Some of you are young and say, well, that must be for adults. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. In fact, where your treasure is, your heart is also. You want to be more about mission than, than give to it. I was reminded when our daughter was 13 years old, she, uh, she felt compelled in a mission service to start doing some of the faith promise. And, and so she decided that she would give whatever she made for babysitting to faith promise that year. Well, she was 13, which is actually the best years for babysitters, right? They're responsible and don't have boyfriends yet. And, uh, and, and so she, but she only had a couple of clients, you know, that she worked for and stuff like that. And all of a sudden people started calling her to babysit. I mean, it got crazy. People found out, not because she ever told anybody, that she gave what she gave to missions. She'd go and work for a couple hours and somebody would say, don't you do that mission thing, whatever? And, well, yeah, I do. And they'd give her 25 bucks for two hours. For a while, she was making more per hour than I was making, you know? And, 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 and that year, she babysat so much that she was in the top ten givers in our church. And we had a really strong giving church. She gave in the thousands. She never babysat again after that. But... <laughs> But you know what? It's, it's not about what you have. It's about what you're willing to trust God for. And I would encourage you to get involved. The goal of this year is 31000 How awesome would it be if 35 came in or 45 came in? If the missions team had to sit down and say, well, who else should we pick up? We've got new missionaries. You're supporting a whole bunch from this region. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for supporting them. Thank you for being global partners because we get to do this together. This week we'll have 400 or so people uh, up on the campus and we're so delighted that it's right by one of our strong partnering churches. God bless you. Thank you so much for your investment in Global Partners. As Pastor West mentioned, this is our Youth Sunday. And one thing we like to do on our Youth Sunday is recognize our graduating seniors. And we're going to take a moment to do that. I'm going to ask those guys to come on up here. Everybody, come on up and stand here. And Dave and what, uh, Tim, if you guys would come up at this time too, and Lori. We are, as a community of faith, so grateful for the time that God has given uh, to us with these students. And um, we want to make sure that we recognize sort of their, this milestone in their lives. And also we want them to understand that we as a church love them and that we're
we're going to pray for them and that we're going to continue to hold them up before the Lord in prayer as they, as they uh, take next steps. And so um, I'm going to take just a minute and pass the microphone, and everybody's going to tell you a little bit about themselves, so hopefully you can connect the name with a face. Maybe in your bulletin there's a list there uh, that might help. I don't know. Um, hello. My name is Kyok Jun from Korea, and I'm going to be graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'll be going back to Korea for my college. Hello everyone, my name is Bernice Ayorinde. I am from Nigeria. I am graduating from Houghton Academy, and I will be attending Hofstra University in the fall. Hello. My name is Hudson Pollock, and I'm graduating from home, and I will be studying culinary at FLCC. Hi, my name is Rita. I'm from Hong Kong, graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to the University of Arizona. Um, my name is Kimi. I'm from China, and I'm graduating from Houghton Academy um, and going to Miami University. Hi, um, my name is J.D. Nichols. I'm from Fillmore. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I will be attending Gonzaga University in the fall. Hi, my name is Nonye. Um, I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm from Nigeria, and I will be attending York University. Hi, my name is Ahirame. I'm from Nigeria, and I'll be graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'll be attending the University of Nottingham in the UK in the fall. My name is Frankie. I'm from China, and I'm going to Northeastern University for marketing. Hi, I'm Mavis. I'm from China. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy this year, and I'm going to Northeastern North, North University. Hi, I'm Maui. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to give breakfast. Xin chào, I'm Thảo Lan from Saigon, Vietnam. I'm almost out of Houghton, so I'm going to Boston, Wentworth Institute of Technology. Hi, my name is Carrie from China. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I haven't made my decision yet, but I'm sure I will go to university next year. Um, my name is Angel. I'm from China. I'm graduating Houghton Academy, and I will go to Switzerland for for college next year, and my major will be hospitality. My name is Johnson. I'm coming from China. I'm going to University of Massachusetts, Boston next year. I'm Catherine from China. I'm graduating from Holden Academy, and I'm going to University of Washington next year. Hello, I'm Sarachi from Mosotu. Um, I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I haven't decided where I'm going, but I'm going to college. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carlos Gilmeister, um, graduating from Cuba Rushford and going to Hawaii. Hello, I'm Ken. Um, I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and I'm going to University of Connecticut next fall. Of this for me. I'm Alana. I'm also graduating from Houghton Academy and I am going to be attending Gordon College in Boston. Hi, I'm Derek. I'm from the Brandon's house. Also from China. 
I'm going to the university at Buffalo. Hi, I'm Debbie. I'm from China. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and also going to university at Buffalo. Hello, uh, my name is Tapin and uh, I'm from Rwanda. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and I'll be attending New York Institute of Technology. I am Elise from Cameroon. I'm going to graduate from Houghton Academy and I'll be going to American International College in Massachusetts. Hi, my name is Mo. I'm from Nigeria. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and I'll be attending LaSalle University this fall. Hi, my name is Sebastian. Uh, I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm from Vietnam and I'll be studying in Manhattanville College next year. Uh, my name is Ade. I'm from Nigeria. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and I'll be going to Drexel University next fall. Hi, I'm Daniel from Korea. I'll be graduating from Houghton Academy and I'll be going to Temple University next year. Hi, my name is Monica. I'm from Cameroon. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and I'll be attending University of Buffalo next fall. Isn't that great? As I mentioned, we want to recognize this moment and also to affirm these young people as we, as we uh, sort of release them into the world and, and to take a moment to pray for them and ask for God's blessing on their lives. And so I'm going to have them turn around and, and kneel at the altar here. I'm going to have anyone who would like to, friends, family, come forward and we're going to lay hands on them. And a handful of us are going to pray. So come on up and Okay, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your many, many blessings to us. And we are grateful for this group of young people that you have uh, brought here this time in this place, Lord. And we're thankful for how you are working in their hearts, in their lives, in the ways that you are shaping them. And we ask, Father, that you would continue to bless, that you would continue to draw them to yourself, that you would, uh, Father, just... Help them to become the people that you would have them to be. We ask for your continued blessing on them, Father, in every way. Lord God, we thank you so much for each of these precious young lives and that in your wisdom and providence that you brought them here from all over the world to spend this time with us. Uh, We thank you that we've had the, the privilege to come alongside them during these years. It's no small thing to be entrusted with these with these lives that are so full of promise and potential. Pray that as they go out from us now that you would guide and direct them and, and uh, lead them with your mercy and your wisdom and your grace. And we pray that in all that they do, uh, uh, they would always be seeking out your will and, and following after you.
Father, we're so thankful for the privilege you've given to us to love these seniors, following in your footsteps because you love them so much. Lord, thank you that you've brought them to us for this time. And as they leave us, Father, I pray that they leave with your love in their hearts. And I pray that you would bring people into their lives that will nurture that love. And Lord, I ask for a special blessing upon them as they leave Houghton, that they'll know that their hearts are yours and that they will always be in our hearts. Father, I just ask that as they go, they would take you with them. And Lord, that they would grow in you. In Jesus' name. Lord, may I add my thanks for these young people that you have brought into our lives. Thank you for the privilege of walking beside them. Uh, Most of them uh, will be uh, moving away from this place. uh, And we ask that as they do that, you would give them wisdom and discernment as they walk through this time of transition and decision-making. May they leave this place firmly grounded in you. Father, I pray that each of them would find a place where they could grow in their faith, uh, that you would bring people around them uh, who would love them, who would encourage them in you, uh, and that, uh, that they would continue to grow uh, in, uh, in your grace and in their faith in you. Father, these times of uh, transition can be filled both with anxiety and excitement. Pray that you would, in the midst of all that, uh, give them peace, uh, knowing that uh, that they are walking with you uh, and that uh, you will guide them as they go. Thank you for uh, the chance to uh, have had them as part of our body, uh, and we pray that you would bless them as they leave. Thank you so much. Amen. Lord, as we look at all of these young people here before us, some of them have spiritual memories that stretch back virtually to the very first moment of their lives. Others, this spiritual memory is much shorter. We pray that you will continue to help them to know who you are, that the things they have learned here about you and about life and from school, from the church, from relationships. We ask that you will impress that upon them. Help them as they go forth to a variety of places and this new stage of life to know that what they've been taught is true. That you are who you say you are. That you are a God of mercy and love and goodness and grace. And may they experience that, not just in their minds, but in the very depths of their being. We pray that as they go to other places, many of them to study and learn, that you will connect them with other believers. And that they will have a a place of nurturing their faith. And may that continue through every day of their lives. We pray for your blessing upon each one of them. We ask for your grace in their lives, and may they always know the depths of your love for them. May they respond to that in love for you. And we ask this through Christ Jesus. Amen.
Uh, these these seniors have this is their second service this morning, so they're going to be grabbing their stuff, and most of them I think are going to take off. But please continue to be in prayer uh, over these young people. I appreciate your support in that way. Please stand with me and join me in the singing of the doxology as our ushers come forth to take the tithes and offering. God from whom all blessings flow, praise live all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for all that you have given us to and to this church. I pray that you could help us to distribute all that you give to those who need it and that you could continue to do so. Amen. Lover of my soul, healer of my scars, you steady my 
that you got me right inside the palm of your hand. We're going to spend a few moments praying together, and we'll begin with the prayer of confession that is printed in your bulletin. Before we begin that, let me just note that uh, the hymn immediately after the scripture reading, the, the number is 381 instead of 383. The words will also be on the screen for us. Please join me in the prayer of confession. Most gracious and loving Father, we cannot hide or deny our sin any longer by our self-centered decisions and our self-centered disobedience. We know that we fall short of your glory. We see how we hurt one another. We hear your children's cries for help, but do not respond. We feel the burden of sin all around. Yet we are so focused on ourselves that we give little time or energy to others. We doubt your unconditional love for us and your everlasting desire for us. Father, forgive us. Turn us from self-focus to Christ-focus. Open our eyes to see and hear your passionate yearning for us. Lead us in the way everlasting through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, this morning we thank you for your grace and mercy to us in the midst of the difficulties and struggles of life. You do indeed steady our hearts. You come into those difficult, messy struggles of life and you work miracles. That's why we come to pray to you, to acknowledge that we need you and to acknowledge that you alone are the answers to the struggles and the burdens and the difficulties of our lives and our world. Father, this morning we pray for ourselves and for those connected to us. We think of all who are struggling with grief, and we particularly pray for Dana's pickups, family, friends, all those who grieve his recent death. And for others who are wrestling with grief, we pray for your comforting presence. We pray, Father, for all who are struggling with health concerns. We pray especially for Rob Waltz, Blanche Weaver, Luke Heisinger, Wade Marsh, Sheldon Emerson, Doug Bogdan, for Barb Rangel, Bob Chaubert, for Laurel Buecher, for Warren Woolsey, for Bill Getty, Phil Mucher, for Mike Raybuck, Jill Tyson, for Bruce Brenneman, Bev Rett, Micah Christensen, for Linda Roth, Dick Gould, for Crystal Blake and Emily Cricklar. And for others who may be on our hearts and our minds today. Father, we pray not only for the needs that are closest to us, but we also pray for needs around us. And we think of churches around us and the ministries of these churches. And today we pray for the Belmont Gospel Fellowship and Pastor Lyons. Pour out your blessing on this gathering of believers. As they are united together in the faith, we pray that they will be will be beacons of light and darkness and hope and despair. Father, we pray for our nation. We are burdened about the violence in our nation. 
conflict. And we ask that you will bring healing. We pray for the people of Flint, Michigan, as they continue to, to struggle with their water crisis. And there are other needs all around our country. We pray for your grace. Father, we think this, this morning of this Memorial Day weekend. We so often take for granted the freedoms that we live with because of the sacrifices of so many. We thank you for people who've sacrificed their lives, their families, their friends, their futures, so that we can gather in places like this today and worship in freedom. We pray, Father, for all who this weekend will feel once again grief, pain, and loss, and ask for your comforting presence. And may we all be grateful for our freedoms and for those who sacrificed. Father, we pray for this world and the many needs of our world. We pray for refugees who are fleeing places of conflict and difficulty. We pray for the people of Sri Lanka who are dealing with the the great uh, recent flooding there and for the Rodrigos as they spearhead the Wesleyan effort. All the churches and your people who are trying to be uh, help in the midst of difficulty. And Father, we, we pray for all of these global partners, missionaries who will be coming this week. We ask, Father, that your blessing would rest upon this gathering, that it would be a time of fellowship and restoration, a time of bonding, and a time of of being united in vision and purpose of going forth into the world. And though people come from various places and will go back to various places, doing a variety of tasks, may they sense a unity of spirit that that is focused and centered in you. We pray that this week will accomplish more than could have ever been dreamed. We pray for general conference and ask that this will be an awesome time of sensing the unity of the church. There are important decisions to be made. There are connections that will be made. Support and encouragement and worship. And we pray that you will be at the center of every moment. And Father, we think about our brothers and sisters throughout the world who live with the continual threat of persecution and opposition. We pray especially for Christian families in many of the closed countries of Central Asia. And as this week a seminar is being held to help parents raise children in the faith in the midst of an environment that is combative of the faith. We pray for success. We pray for your spirit to be unleashed among them and that there will be awesome things that happen in the midst of these difficult circumstances. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers today. We thank you for all the ways in which you engage us in our faith, in our lives, in everything that we do. We offer all of our prayers today in the name and to the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ the one who teaches us the model for prayer, which we now pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thirty-four. Don't store up your treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep the darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothes? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you all more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand and join me as we sing.
which is no good at all. I'll get a fresh start tomorrow, and it's not due till Wednesday, so all of all of Tuesday, unless something should happen. Oh, why does this always happen? I should be outside playing, getting fresh air and sunshine. I work best under pressure, and there'll be lots of pressure if I wait till tomorrow. I should start writing now. But if I start writing now, when I'm not really rested, it could upset my thinking which is no good at all. (laughs) Worry is a part of the human condition. Global warming, ISIS, war, shortage of natural resources, racism and other social ills, the economy, politics, whether or not we're going to have a good president this year. Oh, wait, that one's not going to happen. Then there are things a little closer to home. Family, relationships, weather, paying the mortgage, parenting, taxes, personal safety, how do my peers view me, and college preparations. Or in this case, for Charlie Brown, whether or not he should start writing his paper now. The list could go on and on. All these things things occupy our time and energy and focus. In our passage today, we'll discover that where our focus lies determines whether or not we worry. My notes are a little mixed up. In verse 22, it says, No one can serve two masters, for you'll hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and be enslaved to money. This is very interesting. In this world, money is what keeps us going. If you have no money, you cannot get basic necessities like food, clothing, or shelter. So in this sense, money equals security. This thinking is what enslaves us to money. In verses 19 and 20, it says, Don't store up your treasures on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves will not break in and steal. Here Matthew is telling us that money is no true sanctuary. Instead, it's a false sense of security. Many of us have a lot of things that we own and treasure and take care of. We spend our time on fixing them up and preserving them, but we don't stop to think that nothing in this life can truly be preserved on earth. 
for when we die, all that will matter is our treasure in heaven. It's like this, for example. Every Christmas, most of us set up Christmas decorations, right? In my experience, people usually put a ton of effort into these decorations. We make a big day of it. We find the perfect tree, get the decorations out of the basement, and break our backs to make our house the perfect winter wonderland. But in a month or two, we just tear it all down. What is it all for? We get a good feeling and the approval of others. I will admit, it's fun to have your house in the holiday spirit, too. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to decorate, as long as you remember the true reason you should be decorating. This life on earth is only temporary, and it's preparing us for the real and eternal life in heaven with God. So there's no reason to worry about our worldly possessions. So spending our lives worrying about how we're going to secure our life here on earth is foolish. We should be spending our time securing our treasure in heaven. This is all well and good. Now we know that we shouldn't worry about money. But how do we do this? If you get rid of all of your money and belongings, you'll certainly have a life without burdens. But it could be a very short life. There's a saying, everything you own also owns you. Let's say, for example, you buy a big property with a huge lawn. That'll be great. You have a big lawn in which you can have picnics, play sports with your friends and family, or have space for a large family reunion where you can show off your awesome lawn. But then the time comes and you have to mow it, and you wish you had less property to mow. That really takes up your time and money, because when you have a big lawn, you probably want to buy a rideable lawnmower. When that breaks down, you're going to have to buy the tools to fix it. Then you'll have to spend even more time that could be spent doing something else. But instead, your number one priority becomes taking care of that mower so you can take care of your lawn. This is the same thing that money does to our relationship with God. Surely it's not a bad thing to have a big lawn or a lot of money. It only becomes bad when it starts taking up time with our relationship with God. What does it look like to serve God as opposed to serving money? Well, this is a tricky line to walk. Most of us can wholeheartedly say we want to serve Jesus, yet we do worry, don't we? Material things, finances, feeding our family, college tuition, even whether we have enough money to go to the movies with our friends. Believe it or not, this is what serving money looks like. The word serve implies slavery or being a slave. You cannot be owned by two masters. In this case, money or God. You must choose one. It's easy to say choose, but the needs and concerns that we face every day are very real. So, how do we put aside these concerns and fully serve God? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) In verse 25 through 27, it says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? It's interesting that Matthew uses the birds as an example. If you look at the birds, you'll notice that they work really hard. They certainly hunt for their food, work hard to build their nests or shelter. Yet, even with all this, they ultimately rely on God to provide. Which he does. So, by saying, don't worry, God is not prohibiting work. He's not saying, sit back and do nothing, and I'll bring the provisions to you. But he is saying that we should not worry about those things. For if we are in need, and we lay all our troubles on him, he will provide for what we need. Whether it be by a mysterious gift, or by being offered a new job. God will provide for all of your needs. Your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life?
as I stated in the beginning, worry is the part of being a human. It comes with the job. Think about it. We worry about everything. We even, sometimes especially, worry about the things that we cannot control, like the weather, if it'll be good enough to do some outdoor activity, or if it'll be safe to travel. Where's the point in that? In verses 28 through 30, it says, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they. If God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Matthew uses the illustrations of the lilies for a reason. This is to show us that even the lilies, who have no control over what happens to them, for they cannot make shelter and they cannot go out and hunt for their own food, so they must have complete faith in God for all of their needs. At this point, you may be thinking that Matthew's just repeating his ideas over and over again, but still after hearing this many times, I bet most of us still worry about how we're going to fix our financial troubles, or if the weather's going to be good enough for our event, or about something else we can't control. Why is this? I guess hearing an idea and agreeing intellectually is a lot easier said than done. So, in verse 31 through 33, Matthew goes through his whole ideas of how not to worry one more time. He says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Much of the Bible is very complex, and you really need to dig into it to find the reason that God put it in there. But this passage is pretty straightforward, yet we still have the tendency to worry daily. Our worries draw our focus away from God and towards these pointless thoughts. There's no reason to worry about your troubles, for no matter what they are. For if we seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, he'll give you everything you need. After we realize all of this, Matthew leaves us with the perfect closer. Verse 34 says, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles are enough for today. We know we can trust God. He's our Heavenly Father. Our earthly fathers are only human and tend to mess up from time to time, but we still love and trust them. God is our spiritual Father. He will never mess up. He loves you deeply and is able to provide for all of your needs. If we focus on Him and His design for our life, There's no more room for worry. Let's pray. Dear God, please make it clear to us that you're always there and we can put all of our faith into you. Please help us avoid putting our focus into something else, whether it be money or all our worries, and help us focus on the fact that you can always provide for us because you are amazing. Amen.
receive the benediction. Your Father in heaven knows. He knows what you need, and He loves you. Go this week and rest in His love. Amen.